Um, welcome back to On Sports Talk with Cattle Turner and Trace Johnson. Uh, today we're going to be giving our grade for every pick now that we've kind of had some time to relook at it and everything. Um, yesterday was very eventful. If you listen to, if 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 you have listened to the um, uh, live reaction, you can hear us getting confused from about pick eighteen on about some trades and things like that. So either way, here we go. We're gonna kick it off obviously with Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, it's not a bad pick. It's just his motor is possibly not there considering he came out and said he doesn't even really want to play basketball. But he does have the NBA, you know, body and athleticism. He's 6'5", 225. He's he's not bad defending, but I mean, he's he might he might not be the best pick here, but he may be. It's just tough to tell with a guy like him. Yeah, I agree. I gave this pick a B plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna go B. Um, the major reason I say B plus is I think it's not an A, just because I don't know if there was a really an A plus pick for the first pick in this draft. Right. I think the maybe the best scenario they could have went with is maybe trading that first pick, but obviously, but, I mean, I mean obviously they couldn't find a trade that they right, liked if, for it. So, if you watched it, they uh right up until that pick happened, they were making phone calls. So, right. You know, they were not really that, and that tells me another thing is they weren't really settled with Anthony Edwards. They weren't very sure about him. Yeah, as you said, his biggest question is not the talent; it's just his motor. Right. Like when 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 he decides that he wants to be a great NBA player, I think he will be. But it's right. just the question if he's willing to put in the work and the time to be that good of an NBA player. Um. Yeah. And, you know, he settles – if you watch his film, he settles for a lot of jump shots when he's got one of the most athletic bodies probably now in the NBA. So, I mean, I think he's got to learn how to play. He's really talented, and he can do whatever he wanted in college, but now he's in the league. Yeah, I mean, just watching him in college, you can tell that the crazy athletic ability that he has is there. But, yeah. I mean, it's just sometimes he gets – I'm, I'm going to say just too comfortable – and taking deep threes or shots that maybe aren't as effective for his game. Especially late in the game when he's tired, he doesn't feel like or driving in as much because it's a lot easier to, you know, pull up instead of driving in past someone. Yeah, and also when he's tired, he definitely is lackluster on the defensive end, so he's got to be better with that. Um, moving on to Golden State Warriors with James Wiseman, and obviously I don't think James Wiseman being the pig is their biggest news. It's Clay Thompson's going to miss the whole year again with a torn, uh, torn Achilles this time and his other leg. So, you know, that's sad and everything. But And also, you know, um, I don't know if you saw it yet, Trace, but – Oh, Kelly Oubre. The Kelly Oubre trade. I think that's a, a enormous pickup for the Warriors. That's them, that's them trying to replace Clay, but with, like, a different type of player in my opinion. I mean, they, I think maybe they move Wiggins to the two and have two. Oubre at the three. Maybe even Jordan Poole steps in and Wiggins becomes more of a six-man or even Oubre. Yeah, and, and I didn't realize that Oubre is only 24. So Right, he's very young. He's but, still very uh, young. Anyway, anyway, they did take Wiseman, who will you know, start from day one, just like most of these top picks. Um, he's seven foot one, but he jumps like he's about six foot two. And he's got a seven foot six wingspan. He's he's got all the skills, but he's just got a lot of rough edges, and 
you know, that's why he wasn't the number one pick in my opinion. If he was like, if he was well-rounded and everything and you'd seen probably a whole uh, college season from him, I think they could, you know, justify taking him and trading him or, you know, trying to make him and Cat work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the small sample size in college is very good, but also it's only three games. Right. Against not um, the best competition. So, you, I mean, looking at that, I still think Wiseman's a great player. I think his biggest question mark right now is his: will he be have the ability to step out and make a three or not? Yeah, and that's what they need to uh, – I mean, in really going need. to Golden State, obviously – they're going to be able to teach him how to shoot. I mean, you have Curry, you have Thompson. I mean, so he's going to be I mean, able to learn. But you also, you also look at Draymond. They never really got him going. Right. But I I'm still gave – oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to give this one an A. I think it probably was their best value, especially team need and player talent. I think he was the most talented player in this draft. But, um, you know, obviously he wasn't – I don't think he was much more talented than Edwards. But I still think he was the most talented, so I was going to give this an A. I went with the B plus again for this pick. I th- I really do in- like this pick for them. I mean, he's he was the obvious pick for them in this situation. My biggest question though is, will he be able to step out and make a jumper? I mean, with yeah. losing Clay, I mean that hurts them bad with right. shooting. I mean, besides so Steph and Jordan Poole, really right now. Wiggins is not very consistent. And I'm, I mean, Uber is good, but he's not elite he's at three-point shots. He's not a so, three-point shooter. Right. Over mid-range. So, I'm just looking to see what they will do to replace Clay because, I mean, they really don't have anyone on that team that can right now. Speaking of trying to replace players, uh, post-Kemba Walker, Charlotte Hornets, think they got their guy in the middle of the ball. Uh, six foot seven, floor general. In my opinion, he's already better than Lonzo, and he fits them big time with no real ball handler because Devontae – or, well, Devontae Graham is, but he's not a playmaker. I'd say Devontae's probably more of a two-guard. Yeah, and I think he'll fit a lot better if he's got – I think I think LaMelo and uh, – I mean, yeah, LaMelo and Devontae will fit great together in the backcourt. I think it'll be one of the better backcourts in a couple of years. Yeah, but they're both still really young. You know, you have Terry Rozier there, and you, you now you wonder what are they going to do with him. Because I don't think he's the starter, but he they might start out with him as the starter. But also, you know, Terry Rozier is undersized, especially considering La, uh, Lamelo. Sorry, is six foot seven. So, you know, he, he steps. In my opinion, he steps into the league already as a top ten passer. And his only question is, can he be consistent from three point range and you know mid range? Right, I agree. I think Lamelo's biggest. The question mark also is his um, a defensive his yeah. defensive ability. I mean the time. I mean he's six seven at point guard. Obviously he has the tools to be a great defender. It's just will he be willing to be that good of a defender? Right. Um, but I'm still gonna give this pick another A. One of the few A's I'll probably wind up giving out. But um, you know he's yet again best player available and best position fit you got to consider that when you factor in everything so that's probably the best best player for that spot yeah I agree I will give it an A as well <clears throat> I do think that he was the best player on the board at the time and honestly I think if they put LaMelo in the right situations he will definitely blossom to probably maybe be the best player out of this class 
Right, and they just if they get his defense going, then I think he will be the best player out of this class. Yeah, even if he even if he isn't the best scorer at six foot seven, he can still do things that other point guards can't. So if they can get his defense going, I think he might be better than Edwards and Wiseman. I agree. So next, we're gonna go Patrick Williams out of Florida State to Chicago. You know he's one. Of the, he's the youngest NCAA prospect coming out of this draft, and you know their new GM led by um, Car Carnivonis. You know they they made their biggest move probably ever. He's six foot eight, two hundred twenty five uh, pounds. Um, you know he only averaged nine point two points and four rebounds, but I mean he was coming off the bench. So uh, I don't know, man. I don't really know about Patrick Williams. Yeah, I don't know much about him. <clears throat> But I do, I I do like his athletic upside and maybe his potential. But I, again, I don't know much about him. I had him going around twelfth or thirteenth in our mock draft. Right. So I mean, I think that would a be big, a good spot. big jump for them. You know, with guys like Okoro and uh, uh, Denny was on the board as well. So I I just don't get that pick. But uh, I'm gonna give it a C minus. I don't see, you know, I he does flash a little bit, but. It's just – it's not inconsistent. There just isn't a lot of it. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, we're like, – I've got a great mind to think alike because we both went with C-minuses for that pick. I mean, as Obi – like you said, Obi was on the board. Then he was on the board. Even a guy I think maybe for them – like Tyrese Halliburton was still on the board. Yeah, or like, Kuro. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't see the upside of taking him, especially as he didn't even really start on the, the Florida State team. Whenever you could have went and gotten Okoro or a FDI, at least. Well, even they also have Zach Levine and Otto Porter, which I yeah, I don't really understand where he fits in. But I don't love that pick. Um, I guess he's kind of gonna learn from Otto Porter before. They I feel like a Hall- I feel like Halliburton would have been a great pick there. Right, I think Kobe White and Halliburton Zach Levine would have worked well. Salberton's like six foot four, six foot five. So yeah, he's he can definitely big. run he's the two big. guard. But, you know, C minus. He's not the best player. He was definitely not the best player available. And I don't even think he was a team need. I almost gave this a D plus, but I just don't know no, enough about him to give him a D plus. I mean, and that's not saying he can't blossom into a great player. I mean, right. It's just, I mean, look just based Jaylen on Brown who was on the board, ago. who was on the board, and I think best team fit, I don't think Williams was the great pick. Right, and, you know, like I said, Jalen Brown a few years ago to Boston, I never saw that coming, and, you know, now he's a star. Right, So I agree. You know, and also the best pick, or the best apparent pick isn't always the best pick. Yeah, So, we're not saying he can't be a star, but looking at him now, we don't see it. I I Um, think that's the best way to put it. uh, Next, number five, Isaac Okoro to Cleveland. Um. Out of, he was out of Auburn. He's big time defensive presence, and his offense, you know, can it does need a little bit of work. That's probably why he wasn't a top player. But um, you know, they needed defense. You know, Sexton and Garland really aren't defensive stalwarts, and you know, Drummond is all they got. But they don't have anyone that can guard on the perimeter consistently. And so I think that was best fit for them. Okoro's skill set. He wasn't the best player on the board, but, you know, they didn't need Tyrese Halliburton and they didn't need uh, Onyeka. So, 
Yeah, I think this is a a minus pick. I think Okoro is a star in the making. Uh, watching him at Auburn was very impressive, and um, you know, hopefully Cleveland can do the right thing with him. I had also said this could have been Obi Toppin with Kevin Love being on the way out, but you know, they kind of shocked. They shocked me a little bit, but I kind of expected Okoro or Denny to go number four. So I never really expected him to be here. Yeah, I'm going to go B-plus for this pick. I think it is a very nice fit for the Cavaliers alongside – I mean, Sexton's a pretty solid defender. Maybe not consistently, but he can be. Well, yes, but I think what they're looking at it consistently last year, they let up a lot of threes. Right. And they let up a lot of drives to the rim. And I think with Okoro's long arms and things like that, he can definitely stop that. Yeah, I agree. I think – I mean, I don't, I didn't love the Garland pick, but I mean, if Garland can be a scorer for that team, that helps a lot. And considering right. they've got still got Kevin Porter Jr. as a scorer, and I mean, if they and since they, I think they're deciding to keep Kevin Love with this pick. So, yeah, if, they're, if they do decide to keep Kevin Love, I think Okora was definitely the best pick for that spot. Um. Yeah, number six was Onyeka Okongwu uh, out of USC. Um, to the Atlanta Hawks, um, you know, he wasn't a team need with Capella and John Collins, but he was, in my opinion, a better, a bigger need than having Tyrese Halliburton and Trey Young. So, you know, he's not a bad pick, but I just don't like the fit. I don't know how he fits in and everything. He's good value at the spot, but not for what they needed. I think you could look at more of a I don't, Denny, Denny Ajiva, Obi Toppin, you know, would have been good there. But I like him. I like uh, Onyeka. I'm going to give him a B just purely because of team fit not really even being there. Yeah, I'm, for this one, I'm going to actually go C plus just because of the fact that him and Capella are pretty similar. Right. They can't – neither can stretch the floor really, and they're both really solid defenders and – Oh, I think Okongwu might be the better offensively in the, on the interior right now. But still, I don't know where Okongwu fits in beside him. I think maybe, like you said, Toppin or Abdiha on the, with this pick because Abdiha is another shooter. I mean, Trey Young loves to shoot, loves to drive and kick. And if you have a guy like Abdiha standing there ready to shoot, I mean, those are pretty much points. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think he's he is a good player. But he's just yeah. not needed. Okungu's very solid. I think he's probably. I think he's definitely the second best big man out of the class. I'm just saying the fit with him and Capella. I don't see it happening. Right. Unless yeah. they plan to trade Capella, because that might be what they were thinking too. Maybe. Um, number seven was Killian Hayes to the Detroit Pistons. Um, he he is good. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't the best point guard available, and he doesn't really fit with Derrick Rose. Like, I, in my opinion, what they're doing is they – if they would have taken Halliburton here, who in my opinion was still the best point guard on the board, um, he would have been a lot better fit because he can shoot a little bit better than Ke- uh, Killian Hayes. But, you know, you still have Rose, so that doesn't mean he has to step in and start immediately. I think maybe what they're planning to do here is have maybe – more of Rose off the ball in situations whenever Killian's in. Cause I, I do think I do feel like in this point in Rose's career, he's more effective off the ball. Right. But I, I mean, I like the pick. 
But like you said, Halliburton was still on the board, so maybe I think I probably would have went Halliburton for this pick if they were thinking point guard. But again, you I mean, Killian Hayes is a solid player, and I think him and Rose could fit, but depending on what role Rose wants, I don't know about it. So what would you grade him? Because I've got mine. I'm going to say I'm going to go B minus, and it would be higher, but Halliburton was still on the board. I'm going to go C plus purely because Halliburton is yet again still on the board, and he fits the skill set they were looking for, in my opinion. Right. Better than Killian. But moving moving on to number eight, Obi Toppin uh, coming home to New York. Um. He's player of the year, obviously everyone knows that, but yeah, I don't know how he fits with R.J. Barrett. He's not a massive power forward like you would like, and he's not a bad shooter, but he's more athletic, and that's kind of what you already have with R.J. Barrett. Um, but I really do like Obi Toppin, and I hope he works out because it's a good story and everything. And you know, coming out of nowhere as a sophomore, winning player of the year, um. I'm going to give this pick a B plus purely because I think he could turn out to be one of the better wings in this draft. I will, Obi, Obi's my favorite player coming out of the draft from college. I think he's an amazing player and his story is awesome. And But I do think that the best fit for the Knicks with that pick would have been point guard again. Because right. they've, they've already got Julius Randle. They just traded for Ed Davis. So and Mitchell Robinson, so Taj Gibson, and, right? And you can and you take into account that they've already got. I mean, they've got RJ, but he's not the he's not a primary ball handler. And besides him, there who was their starting point guard? Nil Nilakina. Yeah. So I mean, and Halliburton is still on the board again. Right, and I we so keep I going think, back to it, but I mean, everyone talks about how he slid and. You know, people are saying maybe this is where he should have gone because that's why he slipped is that pure reason. Yeah, I, I don't – I definitely think Halliburton would have been a better pick. But Obi is great, and I really do hope he succeeds. So, I think I, I think they should have went Halliburton, but hopefully Obi works out. What are you going to give this pick? I'm going to say a B. Yeah, I went B plus purely because his athleticism is off the charts. Yeah, I think and he's his great. Shooting isn't bad. I, I just don't think he fits. If I was in that pick, yeah. Um, moving on. I don't know how to say his name, but it's Danny. You can say it actually. So go for it. Uh, with the number he went to the who did he go to again? Washington. Okay, so the Wizards took Denny Abdiha with eighth with the eighth pick. Right, uh, ninth. Ninth. Okay, ninth pick. Denny Abdiha to the Wizards. Yep, he's a six foot nine playmaker who can shoot, but his his jumper is a little. If you watch it, it's a little bit closer to his body than you'd like. It's easily blockable if he's playing, um, you know, real NBA talent. Um, but he is a if back in um, Europe. He was or Israel, sorry, he was a knockdown three point shooter, and um, he's he's very. He was a very safe pick. I I definitely do like that pick a lot, actually. Um, looking to get rid of Wall, I think, is what their plan is. So, building a team around Bradley Beal, you know, Beal's probably going to have the ball in his hands most of the time. 
and he's great at creating shots for other people. And when you have like take into account how Davis Bertans just and settling off with his three pointers last year, I think if that could be the role that they have in Avdia in, is just yep. have Bill drive, see what he can get, and if not, kick Avdia, and there's easy points. I'm gonna give this pick a B, just because he does fit what they needed. You know, obviously they haven't had Uber in a couple of years, but. I really can't think of any of the other wings on their team. And, you know, they already have Thomas Bryant and um, uh, John Wall, Bradley Beal, obviously, even if Wall isn't there, they still have um, some solid uh, guards. So, yeah, I think B just for team fit and he's a safe pick. Yeah, as I said, I really like Abdiya coming out of the draft. So I'm going to have to give this one an A minus. I just really think he's a great player and I think he fits them very well. Um, moving to number 10, this was Jalen Smith, uh, out of Maryland. He went to Phoenix. Obviously Phoenix's big move this week was trading for Chris Paul. Um, Jalen Smith is interesting. He's under, he's undersized really for center. So I assume he'll play alongside DeAndre Ayton at power forward, uh, six foot 10, um, he averaged 2.4 blocks a game. He can shoot the three at 36.8% in college. Um, he's He averaged about 15 points and 10 rebounds. So he, he's a lot better than people were giving him credit for. So, you know, last year they turned a lot of heads taking Cameron Johnson at 11. Now they're doing it again with Jalen Smith. Except I think Jalen Smith will be a better player than Cameron Johnson was, especially in his rookie year. Uh. That pick to me, I don't really know if I love it. They've already got Aiden, and like you said, they already have Cam. Yeah, they have Cam, and uh, you know Cam is a three three point uh, sniper, but you know Jalen's not bad. So, I'm gonna give this a B. But I'm not sure how that really fits in with them. Um, he is he's a good player. I don't I don't get I, I get that you know he wasn't projected to go this high, but I still think he's a solid player. Um, So, uh, we will be right back, and we will finish the rest of the lottery. Sports Talk. Well, we're going to go and continue our first-round draft grades. Moving on now to Devin uh, Vassell, sorry, out of Florida State, heading to San Antonio. Very good shooter. He's 6'6". Um and he's very good on defense, an underrated player, in my opinion, coming out of um, uh, Florida State, and I think he was better than Patrick Williams. But Greg Popovich is a great coach. He's taken some best, some very good players late in the lottery and turned them into stars. He didn't take Kawhi, but he managed to trade for him. So, um, yeah, what do you think about Devin? I, I agree. I think he's a great shooter, great defender. And I also think he's a great fit for the Spurs. For this pick, I went a, a, I actually went A minus. I think it's such a great pick for them. Like you said, I think he is better than Patrick Williams coming out of Florida State. 
And you look at the Spurs roster, and you really don't see too many shooters because DeRozan, Dejounte Murray, there aren't really shooters. So adding I don't him, even expect DeRozan to be on the team, right? And adding him just adds another element to their team, and it helps them a lot with three point shooting and defense. I went B plus here. Uh, I like him, and you know they didn't need Halliburton, and you know in their position they don't always need to take best player available. But I don't, I don't know if he was the best wing still on the board. Uh, I think he was up there. But Neesmith is a very similar player who's just better at three-point shooting, in my opinion, but less of a stud on defense. So that's why I went B+. Plus. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think it's a great pick. Like you said, Nesmith, he's a good pick. He had been a good pick here too. But I think they were very intrigued by Vassal's defensive ability. Um, moving on, in my opinion, still of the draft, number 12, uh, Tyrese Halliburton to the Sacramento Kings. We said he kept sliding, and granted they have De'Aaron Fox, but like we said, he can play pretty much almost anywhere on that uh, court and that back court, and even maybe a little bit of small forward. It's just a small ball, small forward. Um, this pick earned my highest rank, ranking at A+, plus because he was the best player on the board by a lot. He's a star shooter. And, you know, if they get rid of Buddy Heal, like they like he doesn't really want to be there, uh, he is perfect to slide in at that two guard and be a better version of Buddy Heal. Yeah, I agree. I also gave it an A plus as the seal of the draft. Um, Halliburton, as we've said before, we just talked about how he could have went higher and higher, but he ended up slipping here. And I think him and Darren Fox will be a great backcourt to – to continue their future as they keep wanting to rebuild. Yep. Uh, moving to the 13th pick, this was New Orleans taking Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. Um, you know, he wasn't a fit, in my opinion, but he was the best guard after Halliburton still available, even in front of Cole Anthony. Um, he's very, He's very interesting. He's a three-level scorer, but he is only 165 pounds. He could get pushed around a little bit too much, but he's so fast. Yeah, I mean, he's a very explosive player, very good at all three levels, as you said. I think maybe he is potentially going to be better than Lonzo. I think that might be the main reason why they took him is because maybe they don't have Longzo in their long-term plans. Maybe they're looking to go somewhere else with the point guard position. And I do like Kyle Lewis, but I will give this a B. As you said, I don't know if it's a fit right out of the gate. But, again, it could be if they decide to make a trade of Lonzo Ball. Uh, I don't know if I gave mine, but I'm going to go B- minus purely because Lonzo's already there. And he doesn't have the playmaking that Lonzo does which when you have Zion, you have Brandon Ingram, you have Josh Hart, I think that's almost more important. But he might start at the two-guard or let Lonzo start at the two-guard with no more Drew Holiday. And they do have Eric Bledsoe. So, you know, that's a log jam. At right, Bledsoe. yeah, I forgot about Bledsoe. Yeah, I don't think the need of And George is Hill. Too great. But, I mean, I don't know what else they would have, like, because unless they plan to look, I mean, maybe big man. But there wasn't really a solidified yeah, big man on the board at that time. This spot. was a top top heavy big man class. Right. Um, but I think they could have went Neesmith, who went next. 
at 14. Um, uh, Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. Very, very good three-point shooter. He was hitting an absurd 52% from uh, three-point line at eight attempts per game. That's almost four a game. That is insanity. Uh, that's over four a game. I'm sorry. But uh, they did. the Celtics didn't need him. They really didn't. Well, I actually, I think I like the pick a lot. Just because looking to move, I mean, Gordon Hayward declined the player option, and I'm sure he's looking to go elsewhere because he's not really in the Celtics plans anymore. And you look at it like this. They've got Kemba, they've got Smart, they've got Brown, they've got Tatum. Uh, Nesmith probably does not start, and I wouldn't expect him to, but coming off the bench as a scorer, a shooter, Maybe even a potentially – he's maybe potentially probably best as a 3 and D guy if he can get his defense better. But I think it is a very good addition to the um, bench of the Celtics. Granted, that that uh, insern, insane sorry, uh, three-point numbers did come through 14 games before he started playing SEC conference play. You know, obviously, SEC is a little bit more difficult especially, but still, I mean, either way. I mean, making – did you say? I mean, that's over half of his threes, and yeah, again. no matter who you're going against, that's insanity, right? Um, so moving on, number fifteen, Cole Anthony, out of uh, UNC, heading to Orlando. I don't know about this one. I like Cole Anthony, but it's just he's a scorer. Markell's a playmaker. That fits, but neither of them are really big enough to play the two guard. Yeah, I agree, and especially if they end up don't bring back Evan Fournier, they may not have another option. So, right. if they want to try out Fultz and uh, Anthony in the backcourt, then it's probably going to be a little shaky defensively. And Markel Fultz is not known for scoring, but Anthony is, and Fultz is probably the better playmaker as of right now. So, I mean, they're probably they're going to have to give up defense for offense if they do that. Uh, have them in the backcourt. I'm going to go C-plus on this pick. It's He wasn't the best fit for them on the board. Uh, you know, Josh Green was still there if you wanted to go real shooting guard talent. Even Sadiq Bey to come in and play that three, uh, three spot with no Jonathan Isaac for the beginning of the year. And, you know, it's it, it wasn't the best pick. Right. I give this one a B-minus. Just on the fact that, as you said, I don't know how Fultz and Anthony will fit in the backcourt together, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Right. Um, moving on, number 16, uh, Detroit Pistons went Isaiah Stewart. I did not like this pick at all. Stewart probably should have went in the second round, late late first, maybe to Toronto almost. Like I mean, that was a very early pick, uh, six foot nine. But a seven foot five wingspan, and he's two hundred and fifty pounds. But he's just he do, he doesn't have much endurance. He's not running up and down the court a lot. Uh, and this also says, you know, are they not very sure about getting Christian Wood back? Yeah, the only reason I can see them taking him is that reason. If they are un like like you said, unsure about bringing Wood back, I think if they can, they should bring Wood back. Woods. 
what I mean, as you saw at the end of the last season before the bubble, he started breaking out for them. He can do it all. He can shoot it. He can play inside. He can rebound. And I don't know where uh, Stewart really fits because they got already got Blake at the four. And if Wood is back, he will play the five. So I guess they're just planning on if they don't plan to bring on um, bring Wood back. But again, I still think there might have been a better fit for them, even if they didn't if they, if they wanted a big man. I still don't know if Stewart was the best. Um. Moving on to number 17, this was the Oklahoma City Thunder. My team taking Alex Sage Poke. I forgot how to say his name, but he's seven foot tall, but he's only 185 pounds. He will get pushed around, but he, he's not ready. He's not NBA ready yet, but he plays. He plays like he's Kristaps Porzingis, if and he plays like Nikola Jokic. But he's not that big, so you don't know if he's going to be able to actually play like them in the league. Yeah, I think it's a great pick if he works they trade out. Stephen Adams. I think he's a great pick if he works out. Yeah, if, I don't as as you see him working out. I mean, but he, I don't know where he fits along with since they've got Adams and Horford now. I guess right. I just said not NBA ready yet, so he'll probably be coming off the bench if he's getting playing time. But, if, like you said, player comparison, probably Porzingis. And if he turns out like Porzingis, I don't see how you could complain. Right. He's also the draft's youngest prospect. Right. So, at, I think so I'm going to give – 18 and barely 18. Yeah. I'm going to give this pick a B. I'm going to go B as well because he isn't NBA ready, but he will be fine. Yeah, I agree. I say the talent is there, but he's still just raw. And, I mean, getting Horford and Adams will definitely ha- – they can mentor him, and it will right. give him time to develop before he has to and be he ready just to needs perform. to get bigger. Yeah, right. He needs right. to be at least 215. I mean, you saw how real Steven Adams filled out. He used to be not as big coming in the league, and then he filled out to turn into a monster. But I think uh, Horford is a good mentor for him. They kind of play yeah. the same. Yeah, Horford's a stretch four pretty much can play some of the five, and I think that'll be what they plan to do the same thing with uh, whatever. How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I think it's Pokusevsky. Pokusevsky. I like it. <laughs> it's kind of how it looks like it's pronounced. So, uh, Moving on, number 18, Josh Green to Dallas. Um, he's out of Arizona. He also obviously played with Nico Mannion and Zeke Naji, who were both uh, picks in this draft. Um he is three and D, and they needed that. They needed that kind of. Um, who's a good three and D player in the league on a contender? Danny Green, almost. He was, I guess, for L.A., but um, you know, and now he is for Philly. But looking at him, um, he's a solid player. He's NBA ready, but he's like I said, low floor, low ceiling. I really do like that pick, honestly. I think Josh Green can turn out to be a great player. Right now, his strengths are shooting and defense, but he has the athletic ability to be able to turn into more. And right now, Doncic, not a great defender. So, I mean, having him alongside Doncic in the backcourt will definitely take pressure off of Doncic on the defensive end, and Doncic will be able to focus even more on being able to provide for the offense. I'm going to give this pick a B. Because uh, I think he will fit, but he's just not going to be a star. 
Yeah, I'm going B plus. Great fit, great potential. I do think Josh Green could be great in the league. So I'm gonna say B plus or A minus. Um, number nineteen, Sadiq Bay, and that three team trade where um, I'm pretty sure Brooklyn wound up with Landry Shamet and L.A. wound up with Luke Kennard. Yes, that's right. And then the Pistons wound up with this 19th pick. Uh, I like the Sadiq Bey uh, pick a lot more than the Isaiah Stewart pick because he can play that three position where they really were playing a lot more Stanley Johnson than they should have. Who you remember? It was a, lo- a lottery pick for them. Just yeah, three, years their ago. threes, their main threes were literally Tony Snell and Stanley Johnson, and they're definitely not going to get you anywhere. Um, I like Sadiq Bay. He's also almost big enough to play some power forward if you really needed him to. With Blake, maybe getting some rest, and if you can't bring back Christian Wood, so um, I like him. He's a three and D guy. There's a lot of those guys in this um, draft, but he's a bigger three and D guy. I don't, I don't see much wrong with his game. He's not a very great playmaker, but you're not really looking for that in a swingman kind of guy. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, I'm going to have to go B for this pick. I do think Bay is a great fit alongside Griffin. Uh, Bay definitely helps you stretch the floor, definitely helps you defensively, and he can play in between. He's probably a betweener, can play the three and the four if needed, mainly probably three for them at this point. But I do definitely like the pick, and I think potentially he could be great. I mean, his skill set definitely fits the Pistons scheme. I mean, having a shooter for Blake. Blake Blake honestly has the ball in his hands a lot. So, if Blake's driving, kicking, having Bay there to shoot, that's a great situation. Um, next is number 20 overall, Precious Achiwa. To the Miami Heat, I loved this pick. It's getting them that depth at four that they needed, and he might even start for them immediately, um, you know, with Kelly Olenek being the starter last year and Jay Crowder kind of taking in that role as well once he arrived. Um, Either way, he will be some good depth. He can run the three, but he's not very great at it as he averaged one assist against 2.8 turnovers. So, you know, you like your small forward to be able to pass the ball a little bit, but he really doesn't have that skill set yet. But I'm going to give this a B plus. I think this was a great pick for them, probably the best value at that time. Yeah, I gave it an A, honestly. Um, I do like the fit with him and Bam. Achua can Achua is definitely great. He can definitely drive and do all. And like you said, not the best playmaker, but having already having Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow on the team, don't really need him to be that kind of guy. So. Having him, play, right, having him play defense and alongside Bam, that's probably going to be really two uh, two young, great defenders. So I like the fit. Um, moving on, number 21, Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I'm a Kentucky fan, so I watched a lot of Tyrese Maxey, so I can really give you, you know, some breakdown on him. He is an inconsistent scorer, but if he gets hot, you better watch out because he can put 30 to 40 on you. Like, he, he yeah, can I, score, but he's just got to be way more consistent with it. I thought Maxi could have definitely went higher in the draft. I definitely do like the pick. Um, it's a good pick for them as he's, like you said, can be a great scorer. Definitely has more shooting upside in the league, I think, than he did in college. And he's a pretty established <laughs> defender, I think. Um, 
I'm going to give this a B plus. Clearly, they did, even though they did get Danny Green, you know, Tyrese Maxey, in my opinion, is just a better version of Danny Green. So, um, uh, yeah, I think he can definitely learn from Danny Green. Yeah, I'm going to have to give this one a, I'm going to give this one a B. Um, moving on, Zeke Naji to the Denver Nuggets. I did not like this pick a lot, but, you know, they did not have uh, Jeremy – I'm sorry, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Mason Plumlee are all heading to free agency. So they needed some front court, you know, like a fallback almost. If they didn't get those guys back. Um, he's a athletic big, but he's not the biggest guy. And he he's going to be a good backup for Jokic. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. I think it is a very. I'm gonna go. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I'm gonna get my grade after. Well, you I was done. just gonna say, I think he's a good fit. Maybe raw, but definitely behind Jokic, he won't have to be in the spotlight early, and definitely can develop as a backup to him. I'm gonna give this a C, just because there was better options for them on the board. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a C plus, just based on his upside. Um, next was the number 23 pick. This is where we got really confused about some things happening in the draft and all the trades. But this was Leandro Balamaro going to Minnesota, their second pick of the night. Um, he's out of Brazil. I don't know a lot about him. I didn't see much film of him. But what I've seen, he is a six foot seven wing, so that's really good. What you're looking for, big guy. Um, but he, he can pass the ball. He also can shoot the ball. But his defense is obviously, just like a lot of these young guys, their defense is always a little bit interesting to watch. Right. Um, I do like the fit there as they've already obviously taken. They took Anthony Edwards with their first pick. So they were looking for probably more of a wing, more of a shooter. And I think Balmero's that. I mean, they've already got Russell and Edwards in the backcourt. And they've got Towns down low. So, I mean, looking for that shooter. I mean, I think Balmero does fit that for their team. Moving on to wait, what did, what was your grade no, for that one? Uh, I gave it a oh my bad a C plus. Yeah, I agree, C plus for that one too. I just don't know much about him. Uh, number four, uh, R.J. Hampton to Denver. Um, he's out of Australia. Obviously, he didn't look good against Lamelo, so that kind of gives you some concerns there, but. Uh, they don't really – he wasn't a big team need, but he can definitely come in and play with Jamal Murray. Maybe not start immediately, but maybe Jamal Murray at the two and R.J. Hampton at the one. But uh, six foot five, and he's very athletic. Um, you still don't know if he's going to be, you know, the same player he was in Australia. Right. Um, I do like the upside of Hampton. It's just he's very raw. I think he's maybe mm-hmm. – on the Nuggets, more of a two, having already having Jamal Murray. Uh, but like you said, with most of the players in this draft, the defense really hasn't been there for Hampton. But the athletic ability does say that he will be able to become a good defender if he w- works at it. But um, I think the scoring could be there. I mean, it really didn't. You really didn't see much from him in Australia, but. I think that he could become a very solid player, but there are definitely some concerns with that pick. I'm going to go B-. minus. I'll go C+. plus. 
Um, number 25 was Emmanuel Quickly out of Kentucky to New York. Um, yet again, watched a lot of him at Kentucky, and I loved him. He was a star for us. He was SEC Player of the Year. He is a three-point like sniper. He doesn't miss from out there. Um, he jumped from five points a game and 34.5% from distance to 16 points per game and 42 0.8% from distance. He's a bit of an undersized uh, scoring guard at six foot three, but he's still very, very solid. He's not the best playmaker either, which, you know, kind of what more more of a guard that they needed instead of, uh, you know, a scoring guard. But I like the pick. I think he might come in and start at point guard immediately. I think that it might have been a little bit of a reach. But again, yeah. like you said, the need was there. For the Knicks, the point right. guard was there, and I mean Trey Jones, Malachi Flynn, they were both still on the board. I mean Theo Maladon was on the board still, Tyrell Terry. So I mean I, there could have been other picks, but quickly, like you, I mean like you said, was great in college, and I think has the potential. But there, I mean, there's still question marks about him. I think. I think. I think if. RJ Hampton wouldn't have been the pick at 24, then that would have been the pick at 25. I think, yeah, that probably would have been true. Um, You move on to number – or I'm going to give this a B-. minus. If he can come in and play a real point guard role, then he will be a star in New York. If not, then he'll just be another late first rounder that falls out of the league pretty quickly. I'm going to um, see, just because I think Trey Jones and Melodon and Malcolm Flynn would have been better picks. Moving on, another point guard went off the board and probably my third worst pick in this draft, honestly. Uh, Peyton Pritchard to Boston. He is not – He, if you're looking for an NBA-ready player, he is not it. Uh, he's just went past his 22nd birthday with – and if you're going to go, you know, NBA-ready, you know, Desmond Bain, Malachi Flynn, even Cassius Winston were still available. You know, older guys who are ready – and I just – I don't get it. He's not very big. He can make those clutch shots, but you don't need him to when you have Kemba. So, I, I don't really know about Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, I mean, no – practically no defense from him, really. Right. Like, I mean, the scoring upside is there off the bench, but they already – take. They, I mean, they already took Nesmith to be that score off the bench, really. I think uh-huh. – so, I mean, in, like we said, Malachi Flynn, Desmond Bain, even Cassius Winston, Trey Jones, Melodon, all were there. So I don't love the pick, really. I'm going to have to give it a C minus just because I think the upside could be there, but I definitely don't think it was a safe pick or the best pick. Now, the next pick, I think, well, hold on. We didn't give our grade. I'm going to go D plus. Yeah, I went C minus. Um, the next pick, I think this guy was the worst player in the first round. It's Yudoka Azabuki to Utah for two reasons. One, he wasn't the best player on the board by a lot. Two, he has no fit at all right now with Utah. Yeah, I agree with them. I mean, having go unless the Go Bears getting planned to be traded, and still, like you said, Azabuki was not the best option on the board. And if they do plan to keep Go Bear and Azabuki, where there's no fit at all, they are the exact same player, except Azabuki just is nowhere near as good as Go Bear already. So that being said, I don't know why they made that pick, and I definitely, definitely would have went somewhere else. I'm gonna give this an F. 
Yeah, I went D yeah. to D minus. I definitely think it was awful. I don't. I don't get this pick. He he shot forty one percent from the free throw line as well at Kansas, so he'll be the hack a shack. Yeah, it's literally you know, go bear. It's literally go bear, but just nowhere near as good. And he's not even like he was a freshman. He was a senior. Yeah, I don't see much upside being there with him. But I mean, like we're not saying he couldn't. We just don't see it. No. Yeah. Um, number twenty eight. Uh, one of the best value picks in my opinion, Jaden McDaniels. To Minnesota. Minnesota had one of the best drafts they could have had. They made up for not knowing the first pick to possibly getting uh, one of the better steals in Jaden McDaniels. He's a very, very good uh, three, and he can even play the four at times. He's six foot nine. He can bury long range jumpers, and he's good in the ISO. He's not the greatest shot blocker, but I mean, he's six foot nine. But if you play him at power forward, you kind of got that to worry about. I'm going to give him an A minus. The thing about McDaniels for me is freak athlete and great. I mean, I think maybe his biggest question maybe is his motor, but the t- the tools are there. And for the late for a twenty eighth pick in the first round, I think the value is great. Um, I think he fits alongside Cat well if he is playing the four. But like you said, he can step out, make a jumper, so he can play the three. And I think that maybe the defense is a question at times, but like you said, with his length, it shouldn't be hard for him to make an adjustment at all. Um, We're going to move to number 29. Or what's your grade on him? I went B+. Plus. Uh, number 29 is Malachi Flynn heading to Toronto. Um, I think this is them worried about they're not going to get Fran Van Vliet back. So uh, I think he is a lot like Van Vliet, just a little bit taller and less athletic. But he's very good. He's NBA ready right now. He can come in, step in, play good minutes for you. And when you're Toronto with some aging stars and Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, uh, you're ready to win now, even though you have some young guys like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Um, I give this a B. I think he was the best uh, NBA ready point guard left on the board. But. Uh, you know, they didn't necessarily need him, but it was a good Fred Van Vliet replacement. I went uh, B minus with this. I think that he's a good fit for them, but Desmond Bain went with the pick after, and I think he might have been a better fit because he's a legit two, and Kyle Lowry's the main ball handler. So I think the best fit maybe would have been Desmond Bain, but Malachi is obviously a good player, so I think that could work out too. Uh, obviously, as Cadwell said, Desmond Bain went 30th overall to end out the first round to Memphis. Um, I he's I'll a good, he's a very good player. Yeah, I love the pick. I think he's a I think it's a great pick. Maybe he, the only downside to him is he's on the older side already, but great shooter, good defender. And you take into account that what does Jaw do all the time? Jaw likes to drive. Whenever Jaw drives, that leaves people open. And Bane, like I said, is an amazing shooter. So I went A with this pick because I think it's an amazing fit for them. Um, I think yeah, A as well. Uh, he's if he just like we said about um, uh, who did we say this about? Someone that just turned twenty-two. Uh, I don't know who. Well, there was a senior. Pritchard, it was Pritchard. Yeah, and Pritchard, yeah, he just turned 22, like we said, and 
you know, that's older for a rookie, but he's he's more NBA ready than Pritchard. That's why we're giving this a lot better of a selection. And I think uh, it's, grade a better, here. it's a way better fit than Pritchard on the Celtics would be. Right. So that will end out our grades for the first round. When we get back, we will give you the top five best uh, picks in the second round, and then we'll give you our three best undrafted free agents, even if they have signed somewhere. Mm-hmm. We will get to you with that. Uh, Stay tuned. We're back in just a few. Final segment here. We will give you um, our best five players taken in the second round and uh, the best three undrafted free agents. Even if they have signed with someone, we're just going to give you them anyway. And we will give a quick uh, update on the Thursday night football game, just kind of tell you how that's going and kind of give our, you know, a bit of a thought on it, and then that'll be it. So I'm going to start with my best player taken, and obviously he was the first pick in that uh, round, but Dallas Mavericks take Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Insane shooting. He's a sniper, and he's very fast as well. I like the pick, but my best pick, my best value pick of the second round would be a pick 40, uh, Robert Woodard out of, I believe it is uh, Mississippi State. Yes. I think he's a great 3 and D, and he honestly, I think, maybe had first-round talent, but slid a little bit, and I think it is he on the, he, he went to the Kings, right? He went to the, Yes. Okay, so I think he brings, especially if Buddy Hill is traded, I think he brings great shooting and defense to the Kings. My second best player taken in the um, second round is Trey Jones to San Antonio. Granted, they don't need him with uh, DeJounte Murray, um, but I still like him. He's a very valuable pick here, and you know, I mean, Greg Popovich can do great things with some players. Yeah, I agree. I do think I one of my top top five was uh, as well Trey Jones. I think he probably will not be a starter coming into the league as they already have Dejounte Murray. But I do think as both Murray and Jones are great defenders, and Jones is already a great playmaker. And as you said, Popovich, one of the greatest coaches ever, will be. I think he'll be able to develop Trey Jones great. My third best player taken in this. Second round will be Robert Woodard out of Mississippi State. Uh, you already uh, set him as your best player, but I think he was a bit of a – he was a – he's all right. I don't – like, when you're in the second round, you're not going to get the best players. But he, he is a solid player. He's a solid role player for Sacramento as well. And they got Tyrese. I think this is one of the best drafts they've had in a long time. Yeah, as I said earlier, I do definitely like the Woodard pick. Uh, my third best uh, pick in the second round would be 48 to the Warriors being Nico Mannion. I think Mannion's scoring ability behind Curry and having Curry as a mentor will just make Mannion blossom into the league. Uh, already, I mean, Steve Kerr being the coach and having players like Steph Curry, as I mentioned, and Klay Thompson to just keep continuing to learn from and uh, getting better, I think that's a great fit for him and the Warriors. Um, my fourth best player will be Tyler Bay um, out of Colorado. 
He's a very good player. I thought he could have went in the first round, but he slid to Dallas again, making a splash in the second round to me. But um, very good player, very good shooter, and he fits in with kind of what they're doing with Chris Dobbs. Um, my fourth player and for the second round, I'm going to have to go with um, uh, 53 to the Wizards. I'm going with Cassius Winston out of uh, Michigan State. I think that he could potentially be the John Wall replacement just based on his uh, leadership and talent. Um, I definitely like the, uh, the fact that he's an experienced player in college, so he knows how to play. And he, I think he's an NBA, more of an NBA-ready prospect coming out of the second round. And like I said, if they do end up dealing with Wall, Winston will probably get some significant minutes for that team. Um, my fifth best is Cassius Winston. Like you said, I think he is a very good player. He's ready to go. He's a bit older, but, you know, that's just kind of what happens with some of these seniors is they get stuck in the second round purely because of age. Yeah, okay. And my fifth best player taken in the second round will be uh, 55 to the Clippers, Jay Scrub, out of John A. Logan, the junior college. Um, I, uh, He was uh, originally committed to Louisville before uh, declaring to the draft. And I think if he would have spent a year at Louisville or a year or two at Louisville, his stock definitely would have rose. He definitely has the talent and the potential to become a great NBA player. It's just I think his main problem is his motor at times and maybe his troubles at the defensive end. Um, so now we're going to move to our best three uh, undrafted players. Um, I went number one, Devon Dotson out of Kansas. I thought he could have went midway through that second round, if not early in the second round. Wound up never being taken, so that was kind of a bit of a shock to me. But you know, he is a really good player, and whoever gets him will be getting a great, great value player. Yeah, my first is also Dotson. He actually did sign a deal with the Bulls, so he will be staying. He will be going to his hometown team as his idol was Derrick Rose growing up. And like you said, great, uh, great player out of Kansas. Great ball, um, great ball handling. Great uh, vision. It's just, I think I agree. He could have went in the second round. He had the talent to, but getting to go to the Bulls, I think it's very interesting, especially with him and uh, Kobe White battling it out to see who gets those point guard minutes. Um, my second best player who went undrafted is Marcus Howard out of Marquette, one of the best scorers in Big East history. And I think he holds the record. If not, it's in Miles Powell's hands. I forget um, who has that record, but they were back and forth with it all year. And um, Marcus Howard is a stud. I'm, yet again, one of those players I thought could have been taken early, maybe even in that late first round, but he wound up sliding all the way out of the draft. And I think he's a star. I'm not sure where he is, but he has been picked up. He, uh, Howard did end up with a two-way contract to the Nuggets. Right. And I don't know how he fits with the Nuggets, but he can prove himself there. So, a.k.a. John Morant's son with Marcus Howard. So, uh, my second uh, best undrafted free agent signing so far is Ashton Hagens out of Kentucky. He uh, did sign a deal with the uh, Timberwolves. I think that just continues to add on to their uh, youth movement. I think he's a great defender. Offense at times is shaky, but I think having already having um, getting Anthony Edwards and already having um, D'Angelo Russell, it definitely adds another element to their backcourt defensively. 
Um, I'm going with Hagens. Watching him at Kentucky, star defensively. His offense needs a little bit of help, but he's a good playmaker. He's not the best shooter, and he's not the best driver, but he can uh, pass the ball very well, and he's the best. He, In my opinion, he's a top-five perimeter defender in this class. Um, he's so, so good at um, poking that ball free and then running with it. He's very fast. Um, my third. Oh, you got. He can learn from D D'Lo. Right. So my third. Um, and uh, he, he is D'Lo signed, about how to he, be uh, is Miles Powell signing with uh, the Knicks. So he is staying in his town with the Knicks, and I love that pick so much, just because Miles Powell was so fun to watch in college. Such a great scorer, could score from any level on the court. And I think he just brings another offensive presence to that Knicks team. Um, so now we'll give a quick update um, from where we are at right now. Thursday night football is 23-21 in favor yeah, of Seattle in the fourth right quarter. Now. I'm going to turn um, that game quarter, on as soon as we're done here and watch the rest of it. As you said, Seahawks um, leading at 23-21 with the ball right now. Um, basically, my recap for the game right now has been that Russell Wilson's back to playing like himself. Yeah, he's not. I, I'm looking at the stats stats right now. He hasn't, you know, turned over the ball, which is they a did big get it back. problem for him. He does have a fumble, but I'm not sure if they got that back. I actually can't tell you that. Right. Okay. Um, so, so that's why right um, now but, the you know, Seahawks, he's saving, um, he's Wilson has gone ball. 17 for 21, 162 yards, and he's thrown two touchdowns. Uh, the rushing leader is Carlos Hyde, 12 carries, 73 yards. That's 6.1 per carry and a touchdown, so he's having a great night. Uh, receiving leader – right. Uh, receiving leader is Tyler Lockett, 7 uh, and 52 yards on seven targets, Carson, so he's very reliable. As I've been watching the game, Metcalf, 3 for 46 on five targets, and the two – targets that he has missed were drop passes. One was open in the end zone, and he did not make the play. And the other one was also a drop ball. So that it could be costly late in the game. Uh, leading them with tackles offensively is DJ Reed Jr. He has uh, 10 total, 8 solo. And then, of course, Bobby Wags is right behind him with 8 total, 5 solo, and a tackle for loss. On the Cardinals side of things, uh, Murray has gone 24 for 32, 228 yards, 7.1 average on that, and uh, also two touchdowns. Uh, not a great night for the rushing game, as uh, their leader is Kenyon Drake with 11 carries, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Hopkins has been very solid for them again, as always. Five receptions, 51 yards, no touchdowns yet, has yet to find the end zone, but obviously DeAndre Hopkins is always going to be open if needed, need be. Uh, Larry Fitz also has five receptions for 39 yards. And he's also had a big impact. The touchdown, uh, one touchdown was caught by um, Chase Edmonds, and the other was caught by Dan Arnold. Their defensive leader for tackles is Isaiah Simmons, seven uh, total, and they're all solo and also a sack and two tackles for loss. So he's having a very uh, productive game. And uh, the matchup between uh, Patrick Peterson and DK Metcalf has been very fun to watch.
Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Arizona I think will come back and win this game. So far, but Seattle has had late in games, they tend to break down. And having a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins, how are you going to stop that late in the game? Well, that's all we got for today. We will likely be recording an episode tomorrow, um, but it kind of depends on some time schedules. But look for one Saturday for sure. Uh, yeah. Us going over some NFL.